0: Hey
1: guys, this is Ryan. And this is Steve. And you're listening to 60 Cycle Home. The guitar buying, selling, trading, fixing, modding, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast.
0: Yay! Dude, you are,
2: <laughs> you are mouthing along
1: with me because you're like, Steve is not going to get through this. <laughs> I could see it in your eyes. Oh, we're back. Why are we having trouble getting through this? Uh, well, for a few this deep. episode is sponsored by... Not really. No, sponsor. it's not sponsored. Save that
2: for people who send us money, Steve. I know,
1: I know. Uh, but we are drinking uh, Alesmith Brewing's Nut Brown, English style ale.
2: Uh, They're a local brewery. Yeah. They're about uh, 10 minutes away from here. They
1: are. I'm not going to read the thing. It's a nut brown. It's a great nut brown. Um, not as good as
2: New English? Nope. Nope. Not in my opinion, but it is a very solid Yeah, nightmare. you can
1: probably get Alesmith in a lot more locations than New English because New oh, English sure. is a lot smaller.
2: Yeah. Well, Ailsmith has a Speedway stat, which is like a huge award winner, which yeah. is everywhere.
1: Uh, what New English has going for it is, is all of their English style beers mm-hmm. because they have an actual English style person running the company. Accent and everything. Yeah. Uh, so, gosh, I'm itchy, man.
2: <laughs> What's going <laughs> on? A little side note, guys. I'm in a weird Steve place. Steve is all itchy. All right. I got a haircut. Uh, oh, yeah? Yeah, that's my side note. All right. <laughs> yeah, I, I need it. I probably need a haircut. I'll probably wait till March when I start doing job interviews again. There you go. Uh, uh, ask me what's new. Ryan, what's new? Oh, I got a guitar a few weeks ago, and we haven't talked about it yet. Oh.
1: <laughs> Tell us about
2: it. I posted about it on the Facebook group. Uh, when I went and bought it, it is a Squire bullet an in, uh, in Indonesian, right? But it right? says Fender on the headstock. But this thing has been modified and upgraded Dude, in extreme I'm gonna bring, ways. I'm going to bring my Dremel over here when you're sleeping, and I'm going to take that Fender logo off. <laughs> well, like Steve is, is hung up on, the guy uh, stripped off the Squire logo and did a Fender water slide on it. Uh, which actually it looks pretty sharp it it's a
1: clean application but i think anyone who knows what they're looking sure everyone
2: knows what a water slide is when they see it yeah it's way
1: different than the screen printed logo it's not quite in i feel like it's a little off location
2: sure it's a little close to the edge it's not anyway it's not far enough over um uh but yeah tell this guitar's is around i actually
1: played it a bit before we started recording yeah and um, it started out as an indonesian
2: squire which has the the small body a really thin
1: body Yeah, it's like either an affinity or a
2: bullet it's a bullet it's a bullet okay. yeah it's an older bullet it's got the really thin body it's got to be like the cheapest plywood possible in there
1: well they're all like yeah like that's the whole bullet series uh
2: it's got this really thin d-shaped neck the neck's fantastic the neck is actually really interesting the fretwork i was surprised that the fretwork is clean i think the guy had this worked on somewhere maybe he just got lucky maybe it's that one in a hundred bullet but i'm really surprised by the neck because i've picked up a lot of bullets and been like oh this is unplayable this one feels like magic for some yeah. reason. Uh, upgrades he's done on this. Everything but the neck and the body has yeah, been changed. Basically. He changed all the hardware to be gold hardware. <laughs> the, the tuners are... I your- love gold. I love gold. Isn't that weird? I'm from Holland. Yeah. Okay. I'm done doing that now. Um, it's got the vintage <laughs> style uh, split top tuners.
1: Yeah. I. You know... That's I'm what a fan the- of. Are you a fan of them? Yeah, I mean, I'm a fan of them
2: over the stock Squire tuner, but that's one of those upgrades that I feel like I. Uh. Here's the thing. Here's the thing that's really nice about them. Yeah. Uh, they're really easy if you need to take the strings off to take like the pick guard off to do any wiring. <sighs> Yeah. And, so for, and, for me, that's that's a huge plus. They're harder if you need to do a quick string changing because yeah. you need to trim the end of the string to get them in there.
1: It's one of those things where where there is... I mean, there's a way to to tune them that's not hard. There's a way to restring that's not hard. My jack thing has these tuners. Uh-huh. Um, but what you're saying is absolutely true. If you need to pop the strings off to do like a... Like a wire thing. or some kind of wiring yeah. thing. Like with standard, with a standard through hole on like a, which is your normal Fender Stratocaster uh-huh. tuner, your normal Fender tuner,
2: it, you might as well just replace your strings. Yeah. Because Cause you're not going to gonna get that thing back through. You have to unwind it and you're flexing that little bend. Yeah. And you're risking it breaking the next time yeah, you put it in. Yeah. With, whereas with
1: the, th- with the, uh, slot head,
2: because you're, you're basically doing like, once you loosen I it, they just... I can't describe it. You guys that know... Once you lo- loosen the strings, the string just pops out of there yeah. and you can pop it back in. You're basically creating like a, almost like a spring.
1: Yeah. And you're loosening a spring and once the spring is loose, it just pops off. And when you're ready, you just align everything and put it back on and turn the thing. Yeah. Again, I have this on my jack saying that it's definitely like an upfront... It's like it's cool. It's a yeah. cool thing. It's a nice feature. Um, but... It's it's a weird like it's not something that I would think like, hey, I'm gonna upgrade the squire, I'm gonna put clousons on it. Right, totally. Am I too
2: far from the mic? A little bit. I was I, like, I'm glad that you could read that in my face. Well, I did that last episode too, and yeah. you never said anything. I don't remember. Uh All right. it's, I'll fix it. It'll sound fine if there's any volume dis- right. disparity. Uh other things on this, this was a hardtail bullet. The guy yeah. mounted a Jaguar bridge on it. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's uh, you know the, it's a matter of opinion whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. No, but it's, it's not. De- a, it's a fact that it's a bad thing. It's definitely an interesting thing, and the and part of the reason he did that is because he then mounted a Tisco-style tremolo, which box, is super rad, super cool behind the Jaguar Bridge. So you have this really vintagey tremolo action going on. And I've got to say, I've been wanting to try out these uh, Tisco Tremoles that you can buy them through GFS. Yeah, yeah we've through, talked about them a lot. Uh, super impressed with this trim. Yeah. It's really great. I've had to tighten it down once because the arms started to get loose. Oh, okay. Uh, it's because you're using it so much. Because I'm using it so much. If it Next time I uh, have the strings off and I pop it open, I might just put a little Loctite on the screw. Right. Other than that. Get some plumber's tape, man. Yeah, Maybe plumber's tape will do it, lock it in there. Um, it's really smooth, it's really expressive, yeah. It looks great. Uh, there's no reason why this couldn't be a player's trim. It looks great, and honestly, like
1: as much as I dog the jag trim Tran- or the jag bridge uh-huh. in this case, I actually think the jag trim makes a lot of sense because you're putting on a vibrato that's not supposed to be there, right? So the whole like Excuse me, like 8 slots per saddle uh-huh. setup or however like far too many slots. Right, a lot of slots. Uh, saddle for the um for the bridge. Slots per sla- saddle makes sense. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> On the bridge. Like it makes sense because it gives you the flexibility with that vibrato to line it up yeah. into, into whatever slot. I still but, might do a Mustang saddle model yeah. on this at some my, point. My issue was when I when I sat down with it earlier, um, I have a tendency with with uh, especially with strats. Man, maybe not just with strats, but with electric guitars. Like I was doing some stuff on the lower f- strings, uh-huh. and uh, like the E A D G and uh so i was kind of like i had my pinky hooked around the e-string to Uh keep my position which is a bad
2: habit but you know people do that sure
1: and i popped the e-string out
2: yeah and it scared the crap out of me you can't put any pressure on the strings against the uh, the saddle because they'll just pop out of their position and then you'll be out of tune so it's it's if you're familiar with a Jaguar bridge, then you know how to deal with it. If you're not, then it's like, oh my gosh, what, what am I is doing this, wrong does here? Does this
1: have an anodized pit guard?
2: It does. It Jeez. has a gold anodized pit guard. The guy made this thing all gold, except the, the body is black. All the details are gold, except the uh, the pickup covers. Did I send this to you? You did. I did. You sent me the ad, you're for, welcome. The ad for this, and I was like, oh shoot, I got to go get this now. <laughs> Uh, the the hardware on the uh, the plastic hardware on the pickups and the knobs and stuff is right. a really like a light cream that blends in it, with the gold. Well, it looks.
1: I can't even like it looks when, great. When I sent you the ad, I was like, Oh, look at this! This is kind of goofy." And I know you've been talking about this tram. Uh huh. Um, the but in person, like it looks awesome. Oh yeah, it plays really well.
2: Um, it's got this really funky, goofy, l- lightweight, uh, sixties import Japanese feel yeah. to it. That's a great description. Yeah. Uh, like the strings, because it, the body's so thin and so lightweight, the thing, the strings overwhelm the body into being resonant. Yeah. No str- matter how poor, poor quality the wood is.
1: Yeah. Even with actually with this thing unplugged, just because of the way it is, like it's, yeah. When you play it, Unplugged, it sounds or we, good. Unplugged, amp, it, it has this really uh notable jangle yeah. to it where it, it just it almost sounds like you're playing a hollow body, yeah, totally. Uh, it's got that feel too, yeah. It's just it's funky,
2: almost it's got it straddles the line between feeling like a Tisco or Dan Electro or like some kind of funky Italian, like a Greco or something like that. It doesn't feel like any strat yeah, it's way different. Uh and it's got upgraded pickups in it. It has some kind of uh GFS strat set up in there. Yeah. And they have this I don't know what the exact model is, but they have fabric uh covers on the on the leads, on the wires. They So it's not like one of their bottom It's not the bottom, yeah. It's one of their nicer sets. I thought I with don't, like re- a fiber fiberboard bobbin I on don't the pickups and rem- stuff.
1: It's a fiber bobbin. And, is it cloth wire?
2: Yeah, that's what I'm saying.
1: I want to say... I don't remember the ad exactly, but I want to
2: say that... it He didn't say the model.
1: It didn't? Okay. And he I, just I said that
2: they were GFS Strat pickups. They sound really full. They're not bright. That description
1: sounds like maybe the Boston Blues series. It might be. Um, which is a really... like Well, when the Boston Blues series came out, people
2: were like this is awesome yeah but i this thing was 75 bucks
1: yeah well i was gonna say like i don't think you've mentioned the price yeah because you know i wouldn't just send you a a freaking bullet right totally unless it was hilarious if if
2: this was a stock bullet i never would have paid this and i kind of broke our upgraded rules but at the same time i didn't because this guy easily has like two hundred dollars in upgrades yeah you know
1: there's a lot of conscious a lot of talk about that and i've been in a few groups about it my stance on upgrades and we talked about this in very very short terms last episode is that upgrades like if you take the value of your guitar stock Uh and then you take the value of whatever upgrades you made on the used market and add it all together and then average it that's what your instrument is worth. Right. So again, like if you put... Give or take. Yeah, give or take. So if you have, again, and I use this example last episode, you have a Mexican Strat, say $300. Uh-huh. And you drop in Porter, so like $200. Uh-huh. You don't have a $500 guitar, but maybe you have a $375 to $400 guitar.
2: Sure, totally.
1: Now other people will say like, any variation from stock is a downgrade no matter what i disagree with that i disagree with that i I understand the idea like
2: an upgrade might make your guitar more sellable but it might not affect the price i think with higher end stuff i get that
1: like if you have a gibson and you pull out the gibson pickups to put in like duncan's i can see why that's an upgrade that doesn't add up Right. But if you have a Mexican strat, those pickups are only worth like frigging thirty dollars. Right, totally. So dropping in a set of Seymour Duncan's, you're okay minus thirty dollars. But your Seymour Duncan set was like one fifty, so one hundred and twenty bucks. You cut that in half. That's sixty bucks. Three sixty. You're done. Yeah, quick math. Yeah, I'm a scientist. Deal with it. <laughs> that was a lot of really hard math, Steve. I
0: know. <laughs> But anyways, I
2: love the math. Seventy-five bucks. It's got a bucket of upgrades in there that, technically, if I parted out this guitar, I could probably make a little bit of money. Um, a you little bit. You could make a very little bit. I could sell that pickguard for thirty. I could sell the pickups. So? Yeah, I could sell the pickups probably for 30 for the set, you know, or 40, you're probably right. And the next going to go for another yeah. 30 foot to 30
1: to 40. And I'm so already
2: over 75 now. Yeah. And yeah. I'm not even counting the rest of the hardware. Stop
1: bragging. Oh, where'd you get that sweet reverb headstock? Oh, to? Uh,
2: the guys at reverb gave it to me at Nam. Oh. They're like, Oh, Hey, Oh, podcast. Cool. Take this. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but anyways,
2: Oh, they should have given us a shirt. Oh, come on. We got enough shirts. I'm just kidding. Um, what was i gonna say this thing's great i don't, know. I don't have anything else to say about it. i, I ba- the justification for me getting it was that i've been wanting to try out these trims yeah i saw it was like 75 bucks it's already installed i don't have to mess up one of my other guitars to find out if these trims are good i'm just gonna jump on it if i need to sell it later i know that i can just i can sell
1: so this. um are you gonna want to get one of these trims to put on your sg now
2: I don't know because you got to put, you got to commit to screws.
1: Yeah. I was, I've been. And once you lock, it's like what?
2: Five, four screws, five screws. Once you put that in your SG, it's worthless. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It it hurts the value of it. I've been having a thought that I could take a piece of wood and fashion my own Vibramate. That would, it would be compatible with, like make a, a plate of wood. That I could screw it into for the uh, for the SG. But it would be really weird. Yeah. If I did it just right, it could look really cool. If I didn't do it just right, it would look so janky. That
1: just sounds like a terrible idea. Yeah,
2: it probably is. Steve is taking pictures right now. Dude. <laughs> Come on. Hey, I'm just saying it so that people can look on the Instagram. Oh. And look at the pictures. Yeah, look at the picture I posted a week ago, guys. <laughs> a week and a couple days. Oh my gosh.
1: <laughs>
0: uh,
2: so let's hit that first ad. Yeah, let's get into ads. Let me pull
1: up my Google oh, Drive you know, here. Are we gonna oh no, we talk about that afterwards. Never mind.
2: <laughs> I have no idea where you were going. Yeah, you do. Which ad do we want to do? Read the 1.5k telly. Okay. I'll do that. We found this. Did you find this? It's in Oceanside. I did find this. Uh, This was on our local Craigslist uh, weeks ago before Nam. This has been sitting in my my, uh, file folder just waiting for us to talk about it. Uh, Telecaster Custom, $300 in Oceanside. Custom Telecaster by Fender. I don't play anymore, and it's taking up space. Really cheap price. Bought it for $1.5K. Just want to get rid of it. Any questions? Email me. We we had emails with this guy, right? No, didn't you email him? No, did you? No, I thought for sure you did, uh, and we found out that it's a parts guitar.
1: Oh, maybe I did email him one time.
2: <laughs> yeah, maybe that Wait, one time. Wait, why, no, why is it one point five k? Is he asking fifteen hundred? No, he's asking three hundred. Why is it one point five k? Because he says it. it he paid oh, 1.5000 all po- oh,
1: right now i'm on board yeah i do remember this this is the effect of alcohol guys don't do, don't drink
2: <laughs> kids don't be like steve don't get drunk in uh, podcasts no you
1: know what? i've been really confused from this title even before we started recording sure um but now i understand why it's the 1.5k do you
2: remember this guitar now? i do
1: now. Um, both of, we actually emailed him independently because you didn't know that I was emailing him and vice versa. Uh, I don't think he
2: wrote me back.
1: Oh, he, he didn't? He
2: wrote you back. Uh, let me see if I can find the email then. Um, so I'll describe this thing. It's a, it's a really pretty Telecaster. It's like kind of your butterscotch blonde. It's got the ashtray cover on the, uh, on the bridge. Uh, just like your classic, uh, like fifties Telecaster kind of look. And it's in a... I don't know if it comes with a case, but it's in a hard shell case. Yeah. How long ago did... A while ago. Was this But basi- basically, the guy wrote you and said that it's a parts caster through Warmoth. I think.
1: Yeah, I don't remember exactly. And for some reason, this email is not saved
2: in my uh, email folder, which is annoying. But I really but- wonder... What the circumstances or where he paid uh fifteen hundred dollars to build this thing
1: yeah, he just I don't know it was weird, um, and it was something where um I just this oh is- there we go, he just sent me pictures that's what it was oh okay, so the body is um. I can't tell. It's got some stamps in it. I think it's Fender. But the neck is an all-parts uh, licensed by Fender. Oh, okay. Uh, neck, which all-parts makes a good neck. Uh-huh. I can't knock that. I sold one um, for like 120 bucks a while ago. But not 1500 bucks. No. Um, so the idea that this thing's worth 1500 I got to imagine he's bought some parts and paid somebody
2: to put it all together for him and whatever else. He's just that bit of information really throws you i think three hundred dollars is fair for a parts guitar yeah yeah this
1: this build like all parts makes a good neck um but i just and this guy this this telecaster has like the ashtray
2: bridge yeah i already said that steve um, aren't oh, you listening damn it <laughs> You know, it's it's got all of like the bells and
1: whistles. Yeah, it, it looks it looks
2: great. It looks great. No one is going to know that it wasn't a Fender.
1: Yeah, it looks until he sent me a picture of that neck. I thought it it might have been like
2: like a USA an or odd something.
1: picture of the uh, American Vintage reissue fifty two.
2: Yeah, is that something, the year? Something like whatever
1: that. whatever that year is 51, fifty one, fifty two. Uh, it it definitely has that vibe to it. It's and it isn't like an arctic white creamy kind of body, whereas yeah, kind of typic- yellowish. Typically from that when you see the AVRIs though, they're butterscotch. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So the color was a little off. Right. It's not um, a stock color, but it definitely like it looks like it could be an American Vintage reissue, um, some kind of something like that. And it like I said until. He sent me the picture of the All Parts Neck. I was really thinking about, like... Flip City? Yeah. More like 20 Flips Teen.
0: <laughs>
2: someone someone was posting, like, one of their Flip Teen stories. Dude! It was crazy. I think there were a couple of them in one thread. Yeah. Maybe we'll uh, pull that uh, up and talk was, about later. I
1: think it was Adam Rohr uh, had one that was... Uh, yeah, anyway. Uh, we'll talk me, about that later. Let me pull up that second ad. Let's do the police How board. fast can my phone go? I'm already there. Here he comes. Here comes Speed Racer. He's <sighs> a demon on wheels. Guitar, effects, pedal board, $25, El Cajon. Steel okay. pedal board Let frame. me tell you, man, the city of El Cajon Makes it a pain in the butt to search for Cajon drums. Oh my gosh. In San Diego. (laughs) Like I've been, I've been trying to find a Cajon, uh, to, to pick up for the, uh, church group I work with on Sunday nights. Uh huh. Uh, because we don't have any percussion right now and I want to get something like simple going I'm like Cajon. That's Cajon or Djembe. Like we're going one, one way or the other. Um, and searching for Cajon on Craigslist sucks because we have a city called El Cajon. Yeah.
2: And we have a street that runs through like the core of San yeah. Diego from like the almost the beach all the way to the mountains yeah, El called cajon, El Cajon Boulevard.
1: El cajon, El, El, cajon. El cajon Boulevard might be the longest street in San Diego County. It's either that or El Camino Real. Sure.
2: So, yeah. It's a it's, long street. Yeah, It's like an old school, like this is the kind of street there used to be before there was freeways. Hold on. Yeah. Are you ready for this? I'm ready for it. What is this? A geography podcast? Uh, The past couple of podcast episodes, you've been just itching to nerd out on geography stuff. That's true. (laughs) Okay, let's get back into reading this ad. Steel pedal board frame. Heavy duty.
1: Came out of a police vehicle. Perfect for effects. Can deliver to you. Greater San Diego. This is 25
2: bucks. Yeah, and it looks great. Freaking cool, yeah. It's some kind of piece of like bent and like cut metal, yeah, to mount equipment onto inside of a police cruiser. We kind of speculated that maybe this is what they this is part of their uh, like their center dash or their center
1: dash where they like mount their computer to and that kind of stuff,
2: yeah. But it looks perfect for a pedal board, oh,
1: yeah. It's got so we'll post a picture of this on the Facebook group, um and maybe you'll put it up on instagram we'll see sure. what happens but basically it has three sections of uh, four vertical lines um th- for like running cables and whatever i mean look at
2: those two sections that have the little uh cuts that go yeah across that's per- perfect perfect for your power for your power supplies yeah um, you could tuck a boss pedal right up next to that oh yeah there's that one
1: gap that's like just empty that i'm not sure what i would do with but volume the, pedal man Oh yeah, there you go. Or and, your wah. And he has a picture. I guess it's maybe it's not as big as it looks in the picture because he's only got four pedals on this thing, but one of them is a Line Six DL4. Yeah. No, you
2: let let me do some quick math.
1: You're gonna math. You
2: look like you could fit twelve oh, regular size pedals on this. I don't think you could fit twelve pedals. On I do. It. I don't think the. I don't look think... at the boss pedal on the end. You could put another boss pedal above that. Man. And then there's there's. Three pedals across on that first section, and one of them is a wide one. You could fit Okay. You yeah. could fit twelve pedals on here.
1: Yeah, okay. That's a
2: full pedal board, man. Yeah.
1: That's a real deal. Well, he did attach like an additional piece of wood on there to to create an angle. Yeah. So But yeah, okay. I was thinking more like you could fit uh maybe um six pedals and then maybe like three or four micros, so maybe eight pedals. Sure. Okay. You
2: could get creative with this.
1: Yeah. Um the point being for twenty five bucks, this is a solid piece of like uh he says it's steel or whatever. I don't really care. It kind of remember reminds me of what Temple Audio does in terms of uh the holes in the yeah. board. Uh Temple Audio is a really cool company. Like a not modular a,
2: pedal board not as cool as Salvage Custom. Oh uh, way less cool than Salvage but they're doing a different thing. Yeah, Please sponsor us, Temple customers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take your wonderful money. <laughs> and All read right. whatever you want us to say. Uh, you too, Salvage Custom. We'll take your money too. No, we won't. Dude, We're not going to give us money. We're friends with you, Salvage. We'll just talk about you every episode. You know that. Yeah, yeah. We were supposed to record there today, and it, it didn't just didn't work, work out. out. Yeah, he's. Uh, well, we won't, I won't say why. Um, oh, I don't. I have no idea. There's no drama. Oh, okay. it's just another thing in his life he had to do. Um, he Had to watch his kids. Um, oh, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Um, this thing looks cool. Twenty-five bucks. It's worth a risk. The hard. The the worst thing about this is you. You're gonna have to figure out how to case it. Like, w- how are you gonna transport this thing? What kind of case are you gonna put it in? You might be having to build something custom just to put this thing in a case, but if you're just going to use it at home, who cares? Let's be honest. Like, it would not
1: be that hard to buy like a bunch of canvas. I don't know why I never thought about this before. Probably because I'm an idiot. <laughs> um, it's like, and because I just personally I don't have the skills to do this. Um but i'm sure people do is just get like a bunch of canvas take the bottom piece of canvas put like a super thin piece of hard plastic in it
2: and build your own pedal bag oh okay yeah like stitch your own pedal bag yeah yeah you could do it (laughs) steve is very beard right now um you I have dude, I actually am very beard right now. My beard is long. No, I'm talking about the what you've been drinking. I was uh You're I You're looking you got a little bit of a slow blink. I
1: was looking at uh beard combs today. Oh my gosh. And this beard it looks awesome. It's like custom wood. Uh huh. Like so you had like four choices of wood for the handle. Uh huh. And a stainless steel comb.
2: And part I of I have a beard and I'm exhausted by this conversation. So, my beard's like <laughs> twice what your beard is right now. Is it? At this current moment, yes.
1: I don't know. I feel like my beard's pretty good. My beard's a lot longer than yours. All right, right. whatever. But it, I don't care. This has just gotten like uh, genitalia measurement. Oh my gosh. But with beards. <laughs> Who's, um,
2: whose beard is best? But anyway, so,
1: but this is like, you know, the hipster beard comb thing. Uh huh. And I was like really stoked on the idea of it. $45. Ooh, shoot. Yeah. And it's on Etsy. So it's like a handmade beard comb and whatever. I've got a beard comb right
2: here. That's free. Your hand. I'm yeah, holding up right. my hand and wiggling I've my fingers. I've been thinking about
1: getting like some beard balm, trying to like trying that stuff out, you know, like the uh-huh. stuff that makes your beard smell like oranges and holds it down. And you know how I make whatever. my beard
2: smell like oranges. you
1: rub an orange. in I it. I eat an orange. Yeah. Right. Um, Anyway, <laughs> I got the last ad up here. This is for a Fender Stratocaster, a Fender Blues DeVille, one thousand dollars. A thousand dollars. Selling my guitar and amplifier. It's time for me to upgrade. So selling these items will help me save up. Nineteen ninety-eight MIM Fender Stratocaster, vintage white with maple fretboard, Hendrix
2: style. The color is no longer in production. I'm being annoying. I don't believe. Well, maybe there's not an, a Mexican in in vintage white anymore, but there's got to be other strats available in vintage white.
1: Yeah, it has a yellowish tint to it. Very cool. Everything on the guitar is stock, no mods done. Plays extremely well. Comes with strap, guitar cable, soft case, everything you need. Vintage. I don't. Vintage white was. I don't think that was ever a color. I think this is Arctic white. Yeah, and he's just calling it something else, and has no idea. 1998 mym Furniture Stratocaster. That should only be 250.
2: Yeah, well, you know, 250, 275 at best.
1: Yeah. Um. All right. Well, I zoomed out too far. Zoom back
2: in, Steve. You can Fender
1: it. Blues DeVille four x ten year question mark. So he doesn't know how old it is. Amazing sounding tube band. In combination with the Stratocaster, you've got a classic Fender tone onboard reverb which sounds great onboard eq just replace the power tubes that's actually an important detail it is um this is also an important detail all four speakers are blown out so i run the amp through a 4x12 cabinet by behringer hooray the model of the cab is
2: bg 412 ultra stack <sighs> that's a great setup <laughs> four- <laughs> imagine dragging that thing to a gig <laughs> You're dragging a 4x10 amp that weighs a ton, and then going back to your car to get a 4x12 cab because the all the speakers are blown out in the 4x10. I'm already exhausted <laughs> thinking about this. <laughs> so this guy basically
1: is asking... Okay, before I read this next part, what would you pay for the Blues DeVille
2: plus Behringer cab? Oh, man. I wouldn't buy the Behringer cab, but I would maybe pay 400 You're for, an idiot. Maybe 350 for the amp. You are an idiot. Well, I'm not sure the speakers are actually blown cuz If the speakers are Okay, how do you blow all four speakers? You're an idiot. The guy who's an idiot? Yeah. I don't believe all four speakers are blown. I am betting that one speaker is blown. I I'd, I'd go I'd want to go check it out. I and then I'd bring cash. In various pockets. I think I would let him believe the speakers are blown and offer him
1: $300 for the amp by itself.
2: Okay. I don't want that 4x12, though. I would take money off to not buy that 4x12. Do you think so? Yeah, I oh, want, yeah. I well, I that's what I'm saying. I don't want the Behringer 4x12. That's what I'm
1: saying. So... I would I would offer like $300 for the amp by itself. Yeah. And even that's on the high side. I could see it, an amp like this that works with four blown speakers
2: selling for 200 to $250. Yeah.
1: I mean it's going to if all
2: four speakers are blown, it's going to cost a lot to replace them yeah.
1: all. $300 is like my aggressive price knowing that like a set of four webers is going to run me like another 120, 150
2: bucks or whatever. Yeah. At well, probably more on something like this I might take the opportunity to convert that to a one by 15 that'd be cool yeah but that, that's me that's not you know a fair assessment of the market value of the sand what
1: if I paid $300 for this and then gave it to you and let you convert it to a one by 15 for me
2: and then who gets to keep it I do oh okay <laughs> I'll buy the speaker. Okay. Uh, well, what do I get for doing the work? You get to post pictures on Instagram of this. Oh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> this is a great trade, Steve. <laughs> uh, so this guy's
1: asking $650 for the amp and cab.
2: Yeah. Weren't these cabs like $200 new? Well, uh, think about it this way you subtract the 200 off yeah still too much that's 450 yeah it's too much if you're going to try to make this like you have to have the cab in order for this
1: amp to work you got to throw that cabin for free
2: well he- here's the thing there's another note at the end I'll throw in an I did say I'm a
1: moron no <laughs> so
2: this, he'll throw in a tube screamer and an entry level bass guitar if you buy it all i wish he would have posted a picture of the bass yeah. because that would have actually been that could have been a game
1: changer for me. Maybe not a $1,000 game changer. Yeah,
2: and it looks like... You can see the board. It looks like there's a TS9 down there. Sure. So it's not, you know, like a you know like a, one of the plastic case tube screamers or something. Yeah, so there's... So there's, there's an extra possible $150 to $200 of value there. Depending on what the base is. Depending on the base. I mean, you, that pedal is $65 on the used market. Something like that. I sold mine for... 70 I think. Yeah, something around that neighborhood. So there's a little bit of extra thrown in here. But still, it's overpriced.
1: Yeah, I, I thought this, oh, this is a really cool deal. Amp, plus cab, plus guitar, plus tube streamer, plus bass, $1,000. That's really neat. And then I looked at it more closely. And I was like, the amp is blown. Yeah. And from there, it was like all downhill. I'm not... Now, I know a lot of people like the Blues DeVille more than the Hot Rod DeVille. Uh-huh. Um, so it's hard for me to, like, throw it out because I know the Blues DeVille actually is a little more expensive on the used market than the Hot Rod DeVille. But the reality is, is you have an amp that you cannot use without lugging around a big-ass cab.
2: That has speakers of questionable quality in it. Yeah.
1: Um, the. Like you said, like swapping all four tens out for a single fifteen would be great. Even taking the head out and like remounting it into yeah a cabinet uh, to use like with a cab. Doing a head would mod on cool. this would be
2: fun to mod it down to be a head.
1: Yeah, um, but the the price just isn't there. It's
2: not there. It's too high. It's too close to the line of like, why not just keep this stuff, buddy? If you think it's worth that much. You know, And the, the fact that he's retubed it means... I mean, it's nice that it's retubed. It's a sign that maybe there's something else going on too because he's doing some kind of troubleshooting with this amp to be like, oh, the speakers are blown. Why would you retube an amp with blown speakers? Well, maybe it sounds good through the cabin. He just wants to keep it going. I don't know. There's something... I, I get a sketchy feeling from that. It's definitely like
1: so you know we always promote diy stuff we always promote like take what you have and make it work absolutely this is a level of take what you have and make it work where you gotta ask questions
2: yeah it's this rig only works at home and why would you want to move this rig into your home this isn't (laughs) this isn't an amp that people are clamoring for it's not an amp that people hate but there's very few people who are like, oh, I just got to find that Blues Deville. That's the tone I'm looking for, you know? So they're not going to pay top dollar for it. Yeah. Especially if it's broken. And they're not going to sacrifice extra space in their house to lug a 4x12 cab next to it to make it work. I would say because the Blues Deville is a little more valuable than the Hot Rod
1: Deluxe. Sure. I would say, like, I would guess that in fully working condition, maybe 5 to 550 sure at the most i
2: I, i'm not up on their values but that sounds fair to me
1: but again like this behringer cab i want to say that these things go in the used market for like a hundred bucks so you're talking about 650 with a working amp now with a amp with all four speakers blown Again, like, what is that going to cost to replace that? It's going to cost some major coin, and that's if you're going with, And a lot of time. That's if you're going with, like, Weber or, like, WGS. Now, I I suppose if you were really patient, you could probably hunt down, like, four PV Blue Marvel piece-of-crap 10-inch speakers... Right. ...for, like, 25 bucks a piece... Right. on, ...on eBay and just collect them one at a time.
2: Or you could, like... Or you could score deals that come with practice amps that happen to have 10-inch speakers. Yeah,
1: maybe you could cruise <laughs> over to Carvin and like haggle with those dudes. Do they haggle? I have no idea. I don't think so. They probably don't. I think
2: their prices are set.
1: Yeah. Sh- I should go up to the showroom and be like, hey, uh, how many packs of LaBella bass strings do I have to buy to get a discount? Oh, my gosh. Come on. <laughs> I, I, if I do that, I would only do it with, with a flock there. Right, I wouldn't right. do it to anyone else, only because sure. like he recognizes me.
2: Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just a rough ad. This... Talk about something that you've gotten. Yeah. recently. Uh, we could uh, have done that in the what's <laughs> new section, but we've been kind, we kind of teased this. We did a little teaser video on it.
1: Yeah, so
2: and we're going to publish a, uh, a full video review of it soon. Just tell us. What I'm talking about, Steve. Uh
1: so I, I suppose the best way to introduce this is to do a little reading. Um this is, if you this hear is noise, p- it's
2: because I'm opening
1: a package right now. This is
2: part of your 2015 this plan. Is,
1: this is. Kindly remember the K is darkened. The ridiculous hype, the L is darkened, that offends so many, the O is darkened. Is not of my making the inn is darkened. This May- is a secret message. Many of you right now already know what I'm talking about. You know what that text is from. I am holding in my hands at this moment a Klon KTR. Yes, you are. Um,
2: the buffer is in the almost always better setting. <laughs> um I was surprised by the color of the knobs of this. And in, in pictures, they always look white to me. Yeah, but it's, it's very co- gray. They're gray. I don't know if you got a special one that has special gray knobs, or if the pictures are just. I think in daylight. I
1: think in daylight they're just
2: a lot brighter. But you got the. You ordered this thing new. Yeah. Uh, with the intention of possibly flipping it at some point when the uh, inventory gets low. again.
1: Yeah. It's it's been tough because I bought it and I paid uh two sixty nine plus shipping. Uh huh. Um, That's a pricey pedal. Steve. Your guys are hearing a lot of paper noise because I'm. Oh, this is what I was looking for. Here's instructions. Oh, these are all just controls. It's not description, so I'm not going to read all of this because it's super long. Um, but anyway, uh, I bought this from Humbucker Music. Two sixty nine plus shipping. So it was about two. It was actually it was two seventy nine. It was flat rate shipping. Um. And I bought it in the hopes that in a month or two the market uh, will rebound because typically these KTRs hit the market about once every four to six months. Uh huh. And right now, immediately after release, that market has
2: tanked. Right, right. But still, you could break even on this thing. I could break easy even, and or make a little bit of change on it still.
1: Uh, I think it would be hard to make money on it right now, okay? Because they're available, it would be. I would be, I would, if I made money, it would be a very small amount. It'd sure, be, I'd make like 10 or 15 bucks prior to this most recent release, February 2015. Actually, it was the end of January. Uh huh. Um, these were running about 400 dollars uh, on the used market. Gotcha. Again, I paid 280. This is one of those pedals that, like, sells for $100 more than is is used. Right. Um, Just because
2: of limitations.
1: Yeah, just because of supply limitations. And it's something where, like, I know a lot of people are uh,
2: anti-clon
1: flipping because it is kind of driving the hype.
2: Sure. Um, But it's also supplying the hype. The hype is already there. Yeah. So it's and a little it, controversial for you to do this.
1: I can tell you that when I list this, I will probably list this at 250 as an auction on eBay. Then um, I may also put it on Reverb at like 400 including shipping.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Uh huh. We'll see. Well, I'm, I'm not really sure. Um, but in the case of eBay, like if I put it at 250 and let it run, like I'm not driving the hype. The bidders are driving the hype. As far as I'm concerned, um, and for me, like this was kind of just like
2: an investment experiment. We'll just see how it goes. Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, it's it's a safe investment because you know that you'll at least be able to break even on this. If you just if you can't make a profit on it,
1: yeah. Now both of us have played this pedal. Uh huh. Um, what were your thoughts
2: on it? Well, I did a really thorough playthrough with it. Yeah, I. And I actually was able to do a side by side with it against our buddy Nate's uh, uh, JHS modded Soul Food, yeah, which is a really fun pedal, by the way, and uh, is a lot cheaper than the uh, the KTR. Um, this it, the Clon is a very specific kind of thing. Yeah, it is a pedal that you run before either an amp that's on the edge of breakup. Or you run it before other drive pedals to push that drive pedal into a heavier drive. Um, it does; it sounds good to me by itself into a clean amp, but that's not the way most people like to use it. Um, it's a really tight, sizzly kind of drive. When you push the drive, but most people use it as just kind of like a uh, make everything sound better kind of pedal, and it does do that. It really beefs up your tone. It gives you a lot more. It makes you sound the way that people expect an electric guitar to sound like. Yeah, kind of smooth and creamy and beefy. It's a good sounding pedal. I was I, I was honestly uh, surprised by how much I liked it. I didn't want to like it because of the hype, but it. Yeah, I feel like maybe it does earn the hype. I'm never gonna pay that kind of money, sure, for a pedal like that. And I'll be honest, it the the uh, the Soul Food doesn't sound exactly like it. So you know, you could put uh, the little bit of money. I mean, I think after the JHS mod, uh, Soul Food is what like 120, something one, like that. Because it's like a
1: 66 dollar pedal. I want to say the mods forty five, and
2: then after shipping,
1: yeah. So you're looking at like one fifteen, one twenty, 120 yeah, yeah. maybe one thirty tops. The the soul I've f-
2: seen. I think Nate bought this used for like ninety bucks. Nice. I the soul food side by side. The soul food sounded crunchier to me. Like the drive was a little bit looser. Right. A little bit grittier, but it had the kind of this uh, very, very similar characteristics. It's in it, certain settings it sounded a little bit more nasal to me. Like there's a little sure. bit of a nasal quality to it, but it does basically the same thing. It's a make you sound better box. Yeah, like it's it makes you like I said, it makes you sound the way people expect an electric guitar to sound. Um, and it does it with a pedal that takes up very little space and you don't have to have a bunch of amps stacked to yeah, do it. Uh I definitely uh I was
1: able to dial in pretty quickly when I tried it out um with the guitar. This uh-huh. I haven't I haven't tried it with bass. I'm I won't try it with bass. Like it's it's just not gonna happen. Sure sure. Uh because I just I've tried it out, I've messed with it. It's gonna go back in the box. Like I said, this is a flip project. I'm not gonna use it. Right. You don't want to risk getting uh, it scratched up or something. Yeah um and with guitar it sounds really good it sounds good doesn't it now i have heard that there is a pedal in the market called the archer uh-huh that is cheaper and sounds that is in and it's in the same vibe that sounds better and i want to say it's like 150
2: well better is very subjective sure but uh you know i guess if you're if you're looking for this flavor of pedal, you could probably say that this it might sound better and be able to describe why right. it would sound better. Both
1: the Klon and uh, the Paul Cocker and Timmy are described as being transparent overdrives, uh-huh. and definitely uh, the Klon nails that. When I was messing with it, I just turned the treble all the way up. Yeah, uh, there's a gain knob, a treble knob, and an output knob and I just turned the treble all the way up, left it bright. I felt like that was the setting that was the most natural,
2: like most similar to the clean tone. Um, And And you can dial these things all the way clean. Yeah. Like to the point where there's no drive at all and it's just a little bit of... uh, It's just a boost. It gives you a little bit of, it's not just a boost, there's a little bit of, uh, we call it transparent, but there's a little bit of a flavor it gives you there. Sure. It gives you a little bit of creaminess. But it's not—it's not dramatic. Like if you run a tube
1: screamer with the gain right. all the way down, the sizzle is still there. Uh, the sizzle's still there, and the
2: mids are still like that big right. mid boost, right? Like still this, is there. A, this is a this is a drive where you would use it, and what it does is so subtle that people wouldn't know that it's there. They might assume that you yeah, are I, running it straight into an amp.
1: Now that I think about it, now I was running through your Princeton Reverb. We're in your house. Uh, so i didn't mess with the volume I just left it where it was but if i was running this through like my custom uh-huh. uh at church where i have room to like turn that thing up I definitely feel like I could dial in the ktr sound on just the amp itself and that's not a knock against the ktr what I'm saying is that the ktr is a very amp like right overdrive where if you're in a big loud setting and you're not like i that freaking custom is a 4-watt, 5-watt amp. Sure, sure. I think it's. I think the setting I run it on is 4 watts. So it's very low-powered. Um, but the KTR, like, you take that pedal, you drop it in front of a twin reverb. Now you've got a 100-watt amp that's putting out, like, the sound of a cranked 4-watt
2: amp. Right, totally. And that's a really cool sound. Well, here, here's the thing that I discovered with it. Because I was messing around with different settings as I was setting up to uh record the video and I basically told my wife, hey, it's gonna get loud around here for about Yeah. 20 minutes. Sure. Uh so she took the baby for a walk and um I was messing around with having the amp right on the edge of breakup, which is what people normally run this. Right. At. And the reason I didn't record the video that way is because I found with the amp on the edge of breakup, no matter what setting I had on the Klon, really it just sounded like the amp was having a gain boost. Right. Like it didn't it didn't sound like there were any qualities of the pedal coming through, which is basically exactly what people want from exactly. that pedal. That's
1: different than like any that's different yeah. than a tube screamer it again just, because it you're sounded that like,
2: It sounded like my Princeton was turned up louder. Right. Cause it had a little bit more grit to it. Yeah. It didn't sound like all of a sudden I was running a pedal. So that's really where this pedal lives. Um, I, I understand why people would want this It's I still don't think it's a pedal for me I'm never going to spend that kind of money on a drive pedal
1: my only concern with this pedal is that in a multi guitar band setting I don't know if it's something that is going to push my amp or push my sound into standing out I don't know if it's something that's going to cut through the mix. I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing, but because of like the scenarios that I've played guitar in, like it's something that I'd want to kind of set my guitar apart from other guitars in the mix. Uh-huh. But all of that being said, uh, I'm interested in the, I, th- I think it's, I don't know who makes the Archer. I, I might be J rocket. I, I'm just not sure. Um, or and I haven't tried the soul food which is dirt cheap uh-huh. but this is something where like I could see myself flipping this one if I could score like 120 for this and then do a couple of other flips between now and whenever they become available again just buying one and keeping it gotcha and again that's a lot of money that's like l cap
2: money that's sure, money. Totally. that's and that's for an overdrive but I feel like without money though, I'd, there's a lot of things I'd rather buy. Sure, sure. Um, okay, what but, were you gonna say? What, Sorry,
1: but but with all that, you know, I uh, I feel like I now understand people who are into these. Sure, totally. Whereas before, when people were paying like a bunch of money for it, I'm like, eh, it's just a pedal. Like, who cares? Like, is it really that big of a deal? Now I get, feel like I get it a bit more. I haven't more. played
2: any other pedals that have that specific quality. Yeah, there might be clones
1: on the market, right? Clones with a K, right, right, uh, that do it better. I, I'm not saying that those don't exist. I think Matthews effects, right. I don't want to. I don't know if Matthews, but FX there's not
2: does. any other off-the-shelf pedals that kind of live in this territory, right? Except, that aren't trying to be a clone,
1: right? Exactly, exactly. Right. Um, because I was going to say soul food, but again, right, soul right. food is a clone.
2: And here's what here's what I have to say about a the soul clone. food: the the JHS mod on it, anyways. If you're looking for versatility in a clone pedal, that's the way to go. That thing has a lot of different settings. Yeah, it's got a knob that gives you some extra beef if you want. Yeah. which is very subtle. the The beef knob is very subtle. Uh, it dials in extra low if you need it. And it's the sort of thing where you're not going to really notice it unless you are in a place where you are having trouble getting low. And then you can dial it in and you're like, oh, there's my low. Finally, it's got a three position switch on it that gives you the stock soul food clipping, which I honestly thought was the closest to the Klon sound to the right. KTR. And then there's a middle position that gives you a more wide open sound. Which was, it sounds very nice and strummy and kind of glistening to me, and then there was a, a setting with a germanium uh, clipping, mm-hmm. and that sounded very raunchy and very like like gritty. Yeah, we're which tar- is a lot of fun. We're
1: talking about the what's they call the meat and three mod.
2: Yeah,
1: um, and actually, uh, so you can actually order the meat, the soul food with the meat and three mod directly from a rogue guitar shop who is now the owner of TMG. Right. Uh, you said which, you were
2: going to talk about that a few episodes I ago. I know, and
1: I never did. Yeah, we'll talk about that after uh, this. Um, but anyway, we yeah, Ryan pretty much described it. JHS is doing the meet-in-three. And from what I understand, the JHS meet-in-three is a spinoff of the old JHS Klon that they got oh. so much negative feedback yeah. at the time about that pedal that they discontinued it. Uh, I, and I only know that because Wampler talked about it on his podcast. Sure, sure. Chasing Tone.
2: <laughs> You're going to mention them as much as possible, Brian. aren't you? <laughs> Brian, talk about us, please. <laughs> I'm <begging> you. <laughs> We we want that sweet listener bump of people hearing about us <laughs> on your podcast. Um do you, know want...
1: what, you know what honestly what we need to set up with Wampler and maybe maybe I'll do that this week is a beer exchange. Because there's oh, some breweries in Indiana yeah. that we don't have access to, or there's stuff like Founders that's Midwest beer that we don't have access that's to. That's a
2: brilliant idea. And man. I think
1: there's stuff that we have access to. Now I they they I think Max is the only one on that podcast that drinks real beer i'm using air, <laughs> using air
2: quotes well no oh, here's what do. is we'll it send max him, or travis we'll send him some beer and we'll send him some uh Gs. what's a G? biscuits and gravy oh my i see i haven't gone that far i don't i don't know how you would mail those but that's what they live oh. off of over I, there where
1: i'm at right now i'd have to be sending them uh
2: cake okay so <laughs> we've, we've talked about the Klon yeah. Let's talk about the TMG thing cuz you said you were going to talk about yeah, that. You uh, said that you you alluded a few episodes ago that you have the skinny on that situation. So And it's basically what's what I know about this. Mm-hmm. is that there's this company TMG who makes Strat and Telecaster style guitars and maybe sure. a few other styles and they're very expensive and very boutique. Yes. And the the guy like people have just had a lot of really bad situations with him with not getting guitars. Right. Not getting stuff returned to them like they'll loan him guitars and not get them back and stuff right. like that. So all And now TMG is being owned and distributed by Rogue Guitar Shop? Yes. Those are that's the extent of what I know. So people have asked us to talk about them and we have not yet. So s- let's talk about them so
1: now. So um at NAM TMG was just kind of in these random booths. Right and um that was kind of their game plan and uh rogue guitar shops um the owner basically took hold of tmg took hold of the brand Uh and the guys who were associated with it before which were um uh antonio i believe it's antonio taylor Uh and and uh taylor mcgrath sean mcgrath i think was the other guy's name okay Uh, So it was like two last names.
2: Okay. I thought his name was Taylor, but maybe I'm wrong. Uh, It it was a
1: really weird situation where if the guy... It was like... Basically, the guy who owned the company, it was really hard to figure out who he was. Uh Uh-huh. And what his affiliation was, and if he actually knew anything about guitars. Um, But... The important thing is that the guy who was running the company before that was doing all of the bad dealings with people who was promising guitars that never got delivered or promi- or like tr- like trading. Like, uh-huh. He was doing like what movie theaters do for movie premieres where there's 300 seats, but they sell 400 tickets just hoping oh. people wouldn't show up. Well, he would sell guitars that didn't exist yet. and be like, And the thing is, is like... Uh, He would do it with trades where people would be like, oh, I'll send you like my vintage, you know, deluxe reverb and my like late 70s strat. That should be worth like the value of one TMG. Right. So basically these people were doing like cash in full. Well, uh, the guy who was the owner was taking these these trade ins and selling them. But then he wouldn't deliver the guitar for like uh, months, if he delivered them at all.
2: Well, it sounded like longer than months. It sounded like some people never got yeah, what they were promised. Yeah, some people never got their stuff, and it, it sounded like they, you know, because if you order a custom instrument, you you have to be prepared to be on the hook for about a year. Yeah, now it, the, anywhere from like six months to a year before you yeah, see this thing. It's, it's like it's like making a baby, especially if it's custom.
1: But the the part of the other issues was that. Uh, There's a lot of controversy, like who who was actually making these. Were they, right? We, you know, we we talked about Nyström last week. We've talked about companies like Cower and um, and Roni before. Uh-huh. And the thing with all of these guys, from what I understand, and I know. For sure with like with Roni and Coward is they are building from scratch.
2: Yeah, they're building the next and everything. Sure,
1: I'm like ninety nine point nine percent sure with Nystrom, they're building he's building from scratch.
2: It sounds like he's building like components too. Yeah. So yeah. it's like so another level. So
1: the whole thing with TMG is is that they were making it sound like they were building from scratch, but real in reality they were using mjt for at least the finishing portion if not for the bodies entirely Uh and that they were using music craft next so these were high-end components but the big complaint was that that tmg was building parts casters but charging hand-built prices right now again i can't speak to that what i can tell you is that a few weeks ago jonathan who's the owner of rogue guitar shop Uh, came out and made a few statements on some different gear groups talking about, one, why he kept the TMG name, and two, the plans for the future. So uh, I'll actually hit point two first as far as the plans for the future. TMG is now just a name. The people who were affiliated with TMG before are gone. Okay. And I think that's the biggest thing that people want to hear because when Rogue first took over uh, the, the the original founders of team G were still affiliated and people were like, well, how can we trust you as the new owner? If you're still employing the previous owners and the previous owners were the guys that screwed us. Right now. I don't know if, if it, I think Shane, the Shane portion was kind of just involved in the design part and he wasn't necessarily involved in the screw, the business of screwing people, Uh huh. but there were some big questions there. Sure. Sure. Uh, so that was kind of point two, like the old owners are gone. Uh, as far as point one goes, personally, I felt like Rogue should
2: have bought the company and then rebuilt. But uh, I mean, they are a big name in kind of the boutique world. Yeah, I, I understand wanting to keep that brand. There's people who are stoked on the brand and stoked on what is available from their guitars no matter the drama no matter the controversy yeah
1: and i think that for me is a hard thing to look through because as much as you and i aren't industry insiders Uh uh-huh uh we still probably have more of an inside scoop than the average we know people who have a lot of inside look yeah and we go out of our way to f- dig sure, and find out what like the dirty, dirty on everybody is. Maybe not the dirty, dirty, because I
2: don't want to necessarily know about all that. But well, we- there's, cer- there's certain things like you could find someone saying something bad about any sure. of these boutique small builder companies. There's always someone out there who feels like they didn't get the product they were expecting or didn't feel like they got it in the time that they wanted. Right. Or felt like they were wrong somehow. With any company, even the big companies but it's the thing with TMG is it was happening with such consistency and the people who were telling these stories were telling them on a face-to-face level like there were people recording like YouTube videos of themselves staring in the camera yes telling like this heartfelt story where you could tell they were like on the edge of tears yeah and it's like this is a different situation yeah,
1: there were people who were like I'm thousands of dollars deep into this i right. can't just walk away and from this, it
2: and this guy is not returning emails and like yeah it's it's different than like oh i didn't get you know this guitar i ordered within the seven month window that i thought it was going to be you yeah
1: know? so so all of this to say the from what was disclosed jonathan is going with kind of like the phoenix story on this where he's his position is there's a product that's known. There's a product that when it when it gets into people's hands, it's a high quality product absolutely. The guitars we saw at Nam look great, yeah, yeah, but the problem is that there's there's just this baggage, yeah, and what he sees himself as is is the resurrector. like he wants to shed the baggage and and bring what t m g branding. Like bring that to full realization, bring it to the level of respect that it should have been able to achieve if it wasn't screwing people. Sure, sure. And so from that perspective, like personally, I think it's a hard road. But at the same time, like there's still people who are lining up about it, and I I definitely understand that position of him saying, "Hey, 2015 was the year that TMG turned the corner." 2015 was the year that TMG went from
2: being shady to being respectable. Sure. Um, if he can do that, if he can maintain that, then that'll be a, a big thing. Because people are interested in that brand. They're interested in the guitars.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So. Again, it's it's something where until I saw him, like until I read his words, it was something where, and he was actually, this was in a, in a gear group where I was the one who was like, what the crap dude like i don't buy any of this like this is all like why should we believe anything that this company's putting out and he wasn't in there and he jumped in and was addressing me like directly in this group um and that was when i was like all right you know what like i'm i'm honestly like i'm still skeptical sure if i had four thousand dollars to throw around i've got a fat list Nice drums, uh, Scaro, uh, Sure, Cower, Rony, like all these guys. I'm gonna go to those guys first if if I had the money to throw around. I'm gonna go to one of those sure, guys sure. first. Sure, um, But I feel like now I'm less. I feel like now my reservations about saying, "Oh, you should check out TMG," right, are a lot lower than they were six or, months ago. Or
2: someone came to you and said, "Oh, I'm looking at this TMG guitar," you're not going to be like, "Oh, steer clear." Exactly.
1: Anymore. Exactly. Yeah. I think I would say like, "Hey, you should go for something a little more unique. Check out Cow check out Sure Nice, you, from you Ronin. know, nice from Check out Roni. Yeah,
2: check out Ronin. Uh, I think Ronin guitars Ronin, are really cool. Yeah. yeah,
1: Ronin's in that same price range." Veritas, you know, these other companies, totally, totally. but I definitely, I don't think I would be as like, Oh dude, steer clear. Absolutely.
2: For sure. And that's really the struggle that they face now yeah. is that there's bad information out there.
1: Yeah. But again, like I think it sounds like they have a plan this year to turn that around. Sure. Well, I, I um, hope they
2: can. I hope that they deliver Yeah, their product to people and can turn around the reputation of that brand, you know? Yeah. Are we going to hit our topic? No okay uh, we've hit an hour and five minutes all right uh we'll save that for some other time
1: yeah we well, are gonna talk about g-strings
2: <laughs> we'll talk about the g-string troubles later <laughs> uh we've got a song yes from the rumskins who's the name of our contact is it the rumskins it's the rumskis rumskis you can't read uh, we're beers you, deep man are you drunk right we are beers deep We are going to have to eat food just so you can drive home after this. That's kind of true. Yeah. So,
1: this is from Matt Hintz, lead guitarist of the Rumskis. He sent us a song called Waiting. It's a lot of fun. It's a great song. I had an opinion
2: on it, but I forgot what it was. Do you remember what I said? It's kind of got this British power pop feel to it. That's right. It
1: reminded me of Travis. Okay. Uh, And uh, which by that I mean like there's this late 90s Brit pop, uh, Travis. Blur was a little earlier. Oh, of course uh Oasis is a little earlier it's not as like jangly as Oasis Oasis was very like middle of the road in my opinion uh-huh Travis was a little more on like the pop side and I, sure. I really liked Travis um so um, anyway Matt sent this in it's him and his brother John they apparently have a huge gas problem and uh, he said <laughs> uh in one month gas of course is gear acquisition syndrome yes he said for an example in one month john brought and flipped a palisades oh my a gosh. full drive two and a moonshine uh, personally i think he has more of a gas problem than me
2: that is a gas problem some of those pedals you want to keep around man uh
1: yeah they are in uh, the uh, milwaukee area <laughs> that sounds fancy i forget what it milwaukee means but alice cooper can tell you all about it <laughs> Uh, just watch Wayne's World, guys. Uh, so the left channel is John's red uh, Reverend Warhawk with reverse headstock into a full-tone plimsoll and a Fender Hot Rod Deluxe. The right channel is Matt with a Flame Maple Reverend. Du- These are Reverend guys. Yeah, they are. A Reverend Double Agent into a JHS Double Barrel and then a Vox AC50 CPH. And I think... The AC-50 is like um, a little bigger. Again, this is their song Waiting. Um, I was really stoked when I heard this song. Uh, you can check them out. Uh, what is their website? I'm trying to get... it's Oh, rumskis.com. It's R-U-M-S-K-I-S. So basically, these guys were probably drunk when they were recording.
2: Uh, <laughs> but- I, when I When I look at the name, I imagine a jet ski powered by rum okay
1: uh i just think it sounds like a russian like, like a rock Duro- yeah but like with rum yeah uh, but they are on spotify and they're on itunes check them out uh i believe this is from the album escape the sun um and again this is super cool i'm excited thank you so much uh for uh sending this to us and by all means um Send us some more stuff Absolutely. down the road. If you guys record some more stuff, we sure. will get it on. And that goes for all of you. If you want to send us a song or an ad or a topic, hit us up at 60cyclehumcast at gmail.com. We are on Facebook. Our group, I believe, is facebook.com slash group slash 60cyclehum. Just search for it. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at 60cyclehumcast. We are on Instagram at 60 cycle hum. Hope you guys enjoy the song. Again, thanks to the Rumskis. Thanks to you guys for listening. Absolutely. We love all you guys. I'm going to go enjoy sausage now.
2: Yeah, you are. All right. See you guys next week.